I'm here with Andrew Hood, who's a contemporary artist. How would you describe your work? Wow. <laughs> First question, and yeah, it's probably quite difficult, really. But I would say that my work is uh, it's a contemporary style of painting that hovers between abstraction and figurative. But the, the fundamentals of it is definitely figurative in the sense that I am quite traditional, so I draw a lot. I draw on location. So everything filters down from sketches, really. But to describe it in you know, a couple of words is quite tricky. But uh, you know, definitely contemporary. And as I say, it hovers. I'm always looking for that balance between abstraction and figurative. And in a way, the more abstract I can make something, and get away with it, if you like, the better. But for me, my brain tends to need to have little points within the painting to make it work. I, I struggle a little bit with the concept of pure abstraction, not to say that I don't like it, and it's something that you know fascinates me, but I normally, naturally, am inclined to sort of give something some kind of form, if you like. So does that mean that your paintings don't need any explanation when you're showing them to someone who's never seen them? I, yeah, I'm not a massive fan of explanation. Uh, although saying that sometimes uh, an explanation can completely make uh, sense of a piece of work. But for me, certainly working 2D, I, yeah, the, it's, it's about a place really. Uh, so I tend to travel a lot. So my paintings tend to be of, uh, of different cities, mainly of Edinburgh, of, of Paris, of Barcelona somewhere. So it's normally, uh, about a place and yeah the idea is they're not I'm not if I'm really honest I'm not trying to say something groundbreaking and fundamental I'm not trying to uh, change so much the way people perceive things I, I like painting I like using paint I like experimenting with it so the idea for me is to use the paint in a way that challenges me as an artist mm. so it's very I use it in, in a very liquid sense and if, if people see my work but it, there's a lot of haphazardness in my work and it's kind of learning, I think, it's, it's controlling that to a, a certain degree is what I'm trying to achieve within my paintings. And at the same time, I'm trying not to control it because sometimes the most beautiful things happen when you don't. You know, you just pour some paint on a, a piece of board and that in itself is a thing of beauty. Hmm. It's just, is that enough to call a painting? It's like, when does a big puddle of paint become a work of art? It's quite an interesting question in a way. So when you start off on a painting, do you know how, to, how it's going to look when you finish? Sometimes, yeah, if I'm honest. So if I'm painting towards a show, I kind of have maybe a, a drawing or two with quite a lot of detail, and I have a fair idea of how that painting is going to evolve. Uh, I, I kind of have a, a, a way of working, so I'm able to create a scene in a certain way, paint the buildings, paint the figures. So sometimes, yes, very much so. Uh, although you know, when you're going along, you have to kind of adapt. But then sometimes, for me, the most interesting work is when I don't really know how it's going to uh, develop. Like I said, I've been painting London quite a bit recently, and I tend to have buildings at the top, a river in the middle, and some buildings at the bottom, and some boats in between, because it, it works as a composition, it works very well. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's more interesting, it's like how you can change that. Can, you know, like I did a painting last year, and I let the paint flood across the, the uh, the middle bit which is the river and it, it doesn't make sense because it's like everything's becoming mixed into one but as a painting it worked but it's kind of kind of 
getting your brain to let that happen. So you think, that looks good, so I'm going to leave that. But there's a tendency to try and get it back to the scene that I had in mind, which is uh, not... You know, I wouldn't say it's a bad thing, but sometimes you have to let the paint do its thing and go with it. Have you always worked with paint in the same way? Not at all, no. So when I studied illustration at university, and then I suppose, if I'm honest, I was a little bit conservative in the way I approached painting and a, a bit... Uh, I wouldn't say boring, but I just, my ideas weren't very exciting. You know, I guess I looked at very traditional painters and I wanted to follow in that mould. Who um, sort of, whose paintings were you trying to emulate? Uh, I mean, when you're younger, everyone likes the Impressionists and the very cliche things. And I'm not saying that that's not amazing stuff, but I looked at that and then water, Paul Clay was a big influence. Uh, and I guess I just... You know, my mind was in that mold. I hadn't, I couldn't see any, anything differently, really. And it's not a bad thing, but I think a lot of people are like that. You just like a sort, certain sort of art, and you want to paint it in a certain sort of way, and you don't really challenge that. And then one day, I kind of people used to say to me sometimes, "Is this your work?" They were quite surprised at it because I'm a big guy, you know, six foot four, and they'd look at these quite delicate paintings and go, "This is you." <laughs> and I was, yeah, it's me. What's wrong with that? And then after a while, I thought, perhaps it's, you know, perhaps it's not me. Perhaps there's more to come out so I just started to experiment a bit more and I, I looked back at my old drawings and I realised that some of them were, were quite interesting and I wasn't seeing what was good about my, my own work so I really analysed my own drawings and I thought you know there's something different about these I'm not exploring I'm not developing these drawings in the way I should do so I started concentrating on that more and looking at me as opposed to looking at someone like you know sergeant or whistler mm. I thought I'd look at what I do and then that also opens your mind as to what you look at outside other people's work because your work I would say is quite a long way from illustration now it is almost yeah. at the other end of the, of the spectrum yeah I, w I was never a good illustrator uh, there was a lot of people in the course who could illustrate very well it was a natural thing for them for me I struggled but to be fair the, the lecturers at university let me do my thing uh, so they could see that I wasn't a great illustrator. But I guess they thought I had a little bit of talent as a painter, so they tended to let me just paint, yeah. which was quite good. So straight after graduating, what did you do? Did you manage to make some money off your art straight away? Uh, I was very lucky because I got, I won an award at uh, university, and part of that award was to offer me this exhibition uh, in a sort of uh, an arts club in Liverpool, and then I got an exhibition in Chester, all to do with the same sort of award. And that went, I did, you know, I'd never even thought of being an artist, really. And the shows went well. And then I sort of did spend a year doing a, like a postgraduate course, learning how to kind of set this up into a business. And for a while, I, I used to do, I used to paint watercolours and did a little bit of illustration and did some greeting cards, which hopefully have all been sold now. <laughs> no one can see them because they were a bit on the, uh, the greeting card side of things. Yeah, a bit tweet, you know. Yeah. But it made some money, so, and I used to actually do handmade cards and take them around to shop, sell them. Uh, just So any way of making money, really, was what I did for a while, which I think, in a way, is quite a good thing, because you learn how to deal with people, and you know you have to sort of survive. But gradually, it, it, it kind of changes. So at the beginning, you're kind of desperate for a show, you're desperate to get into a gallery a little bit, and then it's it's all about the galleries being the important thing. And then as you become more established as an artist, you realise that actually it's the artist that's the important thing. And, you know, no disrespect to the galleries, but they are, they're, they're selling our work, 
but it is the art that is fundamentally important. Yeah, how long, how long after starting out in your career was it that you found your style and work in the same way that you do today? Uh, I would say ooh, after a good sort of 10 years really. Uh, and I just did, I remember what it was, I did two paintings for the open studio here and they were very different. It was uh, very splashy, a bit, it was like a cross between uh, figures and perhaps Jackson Pollock. And I remember the colours as well. They were kind of all based on browns, but it was uh, different sort of earth colours. And I just put, I, I liked them, but it's very different to what I'd done before. So I put them up and I got a really good reaction to them. You know, people were very surprised. Was oh, this you? And uh, so that, it made me think there's some, something here, you know, that's more interesting than what I've been doing before. So from that point onwards, I made the decision to switch. I think a lot of people dabble in different ideas, but they just do what they have in their heads. And at that point I thought, right, I'm gonna switch from this point onwards. I'm gonna kind of just change the way I work and change my whole approach. And it's, you know, it's, it's worked, it's worked really well for me. You do sometimes have the, you have to be careful because you can end up, it can become slightly formulaic and, you know, when they sell as well, you think that sells, so I'll do that. So you still have to balance the, the commerciality with, with keeping it interesting. So when you're showing in a gallery, um, do you find it difficult to hear people's opinions on your work or do you like to go and talk about it with them? Uh, I don't really mind. So some artists find it really difficult, but I just think out there, there's some people that will connect with my work and like it. Some people will like it because they think it will go well in their room, you know, with the colour arrangement. That's what happens in reality. And some people won't like it. So for me, it's like, if you know, it's, I like it when I sell... <coughs> To certain people, you know, occasionally sell to a musician or someone who wants some inspiration, and that for me, you know, it's great. But at the same time, if someone doesn't like it, I'm more than happy with that. Like my mum is, <laughs> she yeah. says, "Oh, your painting's gone a bit strange, darling." It's yeah. like, what are those lovely French scenes? And uh, yeah, that's just what I do now. You know, it's, yeah. she doesn't like them as much, but it's, you're not going to please. You're never going to please everybody. Yeah. And so I don't really worry too much. You know, occasionally someone says something it, 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 you can't help but think, oh, God. Mm. But on the whole, I, I try not to take on board too much what people say. So what's like a compliment that you've had that really meant something to you? Uh, I don't know, really. I had, uh, I suppose there's, there's a musician bought one last year, and it was, it was quite a, an outlay for him. So it's much more than he wanted to spend, but I chatted to him and we had sort of similar musical taste. And it was just the act of him wanting to buy this piece. You know, he said he liked it, he said some nice things about it, but it was more the act that, you know, he'd gone to this effort and I was glad that, you know, he got this painting. I thought, it's a nice connection. You know, we've got some common ground, but also he's made this effort to, to kind of, to, to stretch his budget to buy it. And I thought it means something to him. You know, you, for me, that was, that in itself was like a nice compliment. It was like an affirmation. So I was, I was really pleased about that. Yeah. Um, so what about influence, influences and things like that? Do you still find um, 
art you see now or music you listen to can change because you said you've been working in this style for a long time does it still get changed here and there by people's opinions or by something you've experienced I don't think people's opinions change it but I think the way I think changes what I want to do so I'm always looking for this uh, how could you say it's not like I'm not looking for the ultimate painting because I just don't think that happens and also if you do the ultimate painting you've got to do another one so it doesn't, you know, paint, I see paintings as sort of transient. It's you do them and then they get home or they get painted over. It's, I think that's a really important thing for me to think of. So, so I'm never too precious with it. Uh, what do you, you know, listen to or see oh, or yeah, so, read about? So music's that, important yeah. because it just helps me get in the zone. Mm. So I like listening to uh, particular types of music, jazz, trance, just something that... I find that it's really weird if I'm listening to funk, I paint quickly. Mm. If I'm listening to something quite ambient, it gets me in a particular mood, that's very important. And then obviously I see, you know, I'm always looking at art, so things do influence me. But in a way, the kind of painting I quite like at the moment, I have like for the last few years, is very, very simple painting. Mm. Uh, I like going, there's a place in France called the Mate Foundation, which shows... It's kind of shown a lot of people over the years, Picasso, a lot of well-known names, but there's also a lot of lesser-known French artists, and they, they're very minimalist in their approach. Mm. And I like that. It's, I think it's, it's quite a hard thing nowadays to make a living from that. It would be very difficult. But they, they just literally use a large amount of paint, but maybe one colour or two colours on a canvas, and that's it. And I always think, for me, that's, it's powerful. You walk into a gallery, and there's one big canvas with one big red mark on it, yeah. For me, that's really powerful. It's like they're saying so much with that. And there's millions of people out there putting a million marks on a canvas, and you think, well, that's basically not working. But this one thing is making a statement, mm -hmm. even if it makes people angry. Yeah, that, I often find it interesting to ask people what they think of the classic argument of, oh, I could have done that, or my yeah. child could have done that, or something. Yeah. What, do you, what would you argue to those people? It's up to them. <laughs> I just think I'm, I did put a painting on. The, it was used for a show once, advertised a show, and it was quite abstract. And somehow it went viral. This uh, sort of hatred of this painting, and people were saying things like, "My dog could have vomited that up. My kid could do it." Blah blah blah. And then it just spread. Mm. And I, I, I probably should have used that more to my advantage, you know. And uh, Max Clifford would have done. And. Uh, He's not a very popular chap at the moment, is he? <laughs> no, maybe not him. But you could have, you know, you could have used that to create a bit of interest in the painting. But I couldn't be bothered to sort of start getting into arguments with these people. But it was amazing about the the hatred towards this picture. And I thought it's not even that abstract. You know, go mm. to my website. There's thousands of drawings there. It's quite clear that I can draw. Mm. So why this hatred towards this painting? It was fascinating. And then I nearly invited everyone to the show and said, look, if you really hate this painting, come along and meet me mm. and chat about it. And then I sort of googled them on Facebook and thought perhaps I'd better not invite some of them yeah <laughs> they, like, well, people. they wouldn't miss <coughs> the words no but it is it's amazing you know it's like uh, but it the thing is it, I think painting has to create a reaction mm. and uh, it you know sometimes people get angry but then it's it's an, about an artist making a statement so I remember I went to uh, the Pompidou Center and I took my mum and brother there and I absolutely love that gallery, it's amazing. But there was one room that was just a room and all the walls had been covered in uh, underlay, felt. And you know, for me, it didn't really do it for whatever reason to connect with me. 
but there's a couple of French guys in there and they were talking about the, how profound it was and all the meaning of it. And my mum walked in there at the same time and she just couldn't believe it. And she got the giggles. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, hysterically, she was in the room, absolutely giggling away. I wonder if the artist had that as a possible reaction in mind. I don't know. I just thought, in a way, it's got to be a good thing. Mm. She thought it's ridiculous. She thought she couldn't believe this was art, and she was sort of annoyed and laughing at the same time. And then these two French guys thought this was the best thing since sliced bread. Mm. So I think any, you know, it's when people create an art, a piece of art, it's it is about having a a reaction. Uh, and it's different. Sometimes people react to it, and I guess some people have an emotional feeling, which is sort of appreciating art on a different level. It's funny because it's quite claustrophobic, mm. you know. And I, I, I don't care either way. I thought it, it, you know, didn't really. But it was amazing how much my mum and my brother hated it. Yeah. And how funny they thought they're just hysterically laughing that this could be art. Mm. But then this year there was a piece. Uh, which was made up in, it was this, I don't know if it's the same room, but it was made up entirely of uh, earpieces from iPads. Yeah. And it, you walked in and you didn't notice this at first. It was like a giant white tree with really cool lighting. And I thought that was a, I really like that. That was a good piece. Mm. Just because it was using something that you, you know, putting something to a different use, I guess. Yeah. But that connected with me. I walked in and I thought, wow, this is powerful. I think a lot of what annoys people is the perception that it didn't take much time to do yeah I think that's mainly it isn't it if it's something photorealistic it's obviously like yeah. a painstaking effort to get it looking good yeah but if there's just two colours on a canvas it might have taken them taken them like a Mark, Roth Mark Rothko painting takes you know sometimes months for him to finish He's, yeah there's layers and layers of paint yeah. and it looks like you could have done it in an hour yeah to the untrained eye yeah but I think sometimes people do do them in an hour. They do them in a minute. You know, if you get a load of paint in a tub and throw it on a canvas, mm. that's it. It's, it's one act. But then when you say it like that, it's one act. Now, is that act important enough to make that a really important work of art? And mm. it can be, I guess. And I quite like it when it annoys people. Mm. I think it's good. You know, if they get annoyed by it, I get really annoyed by some of the things they do, which, you know, whatever. But I think if people get annoyed by it, that's fine. You know, it's, it's good. It's, it's kind of provoking a reaction. I mean, there is an issue sometimes when you think oh, it's got a big price tag on it. Is someone going to spend millions of pounds on that? Mm. But that's the way of the world. Because I think I really don't like Damien Hirst's work. I think, and I like it even less so as his career's gone on and it gets to the stage where he's not even making it himself. No, he doesn't know. And I just think he's making... I think he's the most, other than like David Hockney, the most wealthy living artist in the country. And he's sort of... Maybe he'd come and buy Jamaica Street Studios for us. Yeah, <laughs> come and invest some of it here. But yeah, I just think, I think that's what makes me angry, is that it's, it's so far from his own... It's a tricky one because he, in a way, he kind of helps prop up the art market. Mm. And since he's been around, the whole art market has changed since all the young British artists. So the art now is a big industry and it's not really regulated. Uh, it's tricky. I mean, when someone says Damien Hirst, the first thing I think of is the shark yeah, in same. formaldehyde. Yeah. So you think that was done 30 years ago. So you kind of think that it's an iconic piece. It's going to be there forever. When everyone says the name David Hockney, I think of a swimming pool, a bigger splash. 
And it's just, I always think you measure an artist on their greatness, but it's the one thing they've done that will that people will know forever. Mm-hmm. Just one thing. Is, and so with Damien Hirst, you'd have to say, you know, he did the the shark and the the cow. And then since then, he's been doing different things. And yeah, he does make a ridiculous amount of money. Mm. Uh, and he's completely changed the way the art market works, I guess. Mm. Has he? I don't know. Single-handedly, maybe. But that's just the way of it is, you know. It's in a way, I kind of think some people don't like him, but I think he has created such an interest in art that it must have probably benefited me. People buy art more. There's people talk about it a lot more than he did thirty years ago. I suppose he sparked a lot of debates. He sparked a lot of debates, yeah. Yeah. Um, And he's doing something different, you know. You kind of you look around for artists today, and there's not lots of them who are out there. It's you know, a lot of the well-known artists, they're well-known within the wealthy circles because they're the people that buy the work. But beyond that, there's not loads of art reaching out to the public. And his work is, like it or not, or Banksy, their work is where, you know, a very successful artist is in touch with the public. And Do you have a piece of work you've done that you consider to be your sort of signature piece or something you'd like to be remembered for? No, <laughs> not no. really. Uh, it's it's really tricky. I mean, there are pieces I've done sort of throughout time that I've and I should, probably should have kept more work, but I've kept a couple of pieces aside. There are people pieces I've done I think that have been like a breakthrough or done something that surprised me. The stuff in my sketchbooks that I like, it's almost like I've done them and and it's it's those days where you create something you didn't really expect. Something happens that you didn't expect to happen and. Uh, but in terms of one iconic piece, I kind of guess maybe that's still to happen. Hmm. We'll see. Does it feel like you're working towards it? I feel like I have ideas, yeah, that I'm, I'm always working towards. <coughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, it's just around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> How can people see your work? Well, they can, obviously, they go to the website. So... Uh, if you just Google my name, Andrew Hood, it's, it, it should bring up the website. So you can see it there. I have pieces. At the moment, I mainly show at uh, art fairs because we have a, a big audience that comes. So there's mm. people sort of quite interested in collecting my stuff. So I certainly recommend going to any of the sort of art fairs, the Affordable Art Fair, London, in March. Uh, or they can come to the studio as well, people from Bristol. It's, I find I get a lot of people actually come here and they they can see the studio, see how I work, and then have a look at the work, so it's a, it's a good way of doing it. Yeah, I suppose people who come and talk to you about your work. Yeah, it's, I, I like people coming to the studio. Mm. It's not, you know, happy to show them around, chat to them, they can see the sketchbooks. And there's normally, a, to be honest, there's normally a bigger selection here in the studio, so if, you know, if people are interested in buying something, there's always a, a really good choice here. Thanks a lot for talking to me, Andrew. Thanks very much. It's been a pleasure. I hope it's been slightly interesting. (laughs) If you didn't stop me, I'd probably sit here talking for hours and after a while I'd go, Alex, you still awake? Yeah. (laughs)